Craft Beer Radio 293 on July 28th, 2014. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio episode 293, a little bit of a prime number show, but we're coming at you with uh, a prime number of beers if we drink them all. There we go. A little intro, Traveling Riverside Blues, Zeppelin. Couldn't find anything really thematic to uh, to do. So. so, what's your review of this song? I love the bass riff in it. You know, John Paul Jones is really, I feel like one of the main things that made Zeppelin Zeppelin. And you know, I just love the walking bass riff in that song. That's one of the reasons. It's one of my favorites. Right, legal requirements sufficient. All right, let's start with the pills. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, so this is this is from Trumer International. This is actually from their Berkeley Brewery. This is Trumer Pills. This is provided to us by the brewery. It's a German-style Pilsner. Well, oh, okay. We, these we're actually we're drinking these out of the, our standard Spielkast snifters, which uh, they used to call Pilsner glasses. Called Pilsner glasses for a while. So. Even though um, Trumer did send us uh, these nice Stonges. Yeah. Stonges typically used for a Kolsch, but the, maybe these are Pilsner ones. Maybe they're taller than a Stonge, but they're these tall cylindrical. Uh, glasses it would really hold the head up on on a pilsner, right? And that's kind yeah. of part of the display is to have something with a really tall standing head. We're not going to get it with these, but I think we'll be able to get into the flavor and the aroma of the beer better. I think, like we found last time, the other glasses can actually help certain aspects of the beer. But for mm-hmm. our purpose, reviewing them and really getting you know the best of all of it, these glasses have come in to be the best that we can find. All right, beer pours bright gold, super clear. Like I said, the head is uh, was probably about a pinky's worth, and then it's faded fast. If it was in that tall, narrow glass, it would have held a big yeah. three or four inch head on it. Four point nine percent alcohol by volume, twenty six IBUs, one point nine degree play doh for those who give. Thirty eight degrees Fahrenheit is their recommended serving temperature, which is. Uh, in Celsius, I don't know. Wait, you say 39? 38 degrees Fahrenheit. 38. Like five? Yeah. All right. So we're kind of scrolling a little bit, coating the size of the glass. Oh, it's, uh, sorry, it has Zotzen American hops, and they have, I would say, the malt mashing process and proprietary yeast to make trimmer pills you need among unique and beers. I imagine it's Pilsner malt from Two Real Barley. You see, aroma, you get a little bit of breadiness, but really the hops are, are there. They're crisp. You get, it does smell really nice and crisp. Mm-hmm. You get uh, kind of a, a floral, not too flowery, but, you know, floral. It's kind of what you expect from a continental hop, you know, like Azots or something like that, where you get this kind of spicy floral type aroma. Yeah, it's not really resiny. It has a mm-hmm. bit of a, of a spiciness to it. In the it's has, a little bit like cardamom in a sense. The, it kind of has a it's, it's a little perfume, but it's not really mm-hmm. on that uh, you know big citrusy side. It's yeah. kind of a spicy perfume. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Cardamom is definitely a similar type aroma. It's hard to imagine a delicate cardamom aroma. Yeah, though. it's such a potent spice. But cardamom is very very powerful. As I continue to smell it, the malt's coming in a little bit stronger, and uh, you know it just has this. Kind of, how do I want to describe it? It smells like a great pills. <laughs> you know, I just want to start drinking, but let me try to, yeah. try to describe the mold aroma a little bit before I do that. The only thing that ever worries me, and it always worries me about 
anything that's delivered like this. This, this isn't a green bottle. Yeah, but we don't smell it. Right? We, no, I mean, it, so. no. So it, it's we you know, we got it right from the brewery, mm-hmm. and you know, we kept it mm-hmm. under dark. But I just wish brewers wouldn't do that. All right, so I, I gave up. I had to go in and take a sip there. I just couldn't stay back anymore. And you you get that, that great pilsner. It's kind of biscuity. Reminds you of a little bit of graham cracker. Yeah. It's and right. uh, it's actually it, it's sweeter than I expected it. Right in right at the top. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it has a it has a kind of a peach like sweetness, like a really sweet fresh peach. But then it goes into some of that spice. So it's like a, a sweet bread too, with mm-hmm. kind of like a Hawaiian roll or something like that. And then it, uh, you get a little bit of, I don't know, clovish, just a bit. Yeah, maybe a little. I'm really enjoying the malts on this thing. You know that that biscuitiness, that graham cracker, mm-hmm. and then you know the 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 hops kind of just are a little bit of a, an accent at the finish, a bit of a spice at the finish. Right? It, it's very different than. A lot of the American pilsners I'm used to, yes, yeah. which are, you know, double hop. You know, like you would almost call it an imperial pilsner, right? There, where they really showcase the hops. This is a much more balanced and much more delicate beer. Yes, it's, I absolutely. So uh, I, I keep, I always forget which one is which. Is this the Bohemian style or Czech style? This is. So Bohemian and Czech are the same. Oh, okay. Bavarian stuff. Bavarian. Bavarian stuff. It's from Salzburg. The Yeah, so typically a Pilsner Kell is the Bohemian style, right? And I find those have a fuller mouthfeel, a little more creamy mouthfeel, and uh, where a German one is just crisp, and that's uh, typically how I find. I don't know if creamy is really the... People might not agree with creamy, but that's kind of how I find like a a, a, a bohemian or a Czech pills. So this is pretty crisp. That this this ends dry. Mm-hmm. So you would say this is probably pretty German. This is probably pretty uh, Bavarian yeah. style. Yeah, Trumers in Salzburg mm-hmm. and uh, in Berkeley. We've had their beers on the show before, but it's been quite a while. Mm. It's it's great to have these guys again. Really, I mean. This is where America has rejected the Rheinheinskabit for the most part at this point. There are a few breweries who still stand by it, but for the most part, everyone's playing around with a whole bunch of different ingredients. Mm-hmm. You get a beer like this that's really super crafted. This is where you can appreciate people who still stick by that formula, who just say water, malt, hops, yeast, that's it. Yeah, I mean, but there's... You have really great American IPAs. Yes, you know, that, are still that are still Ryan Heiskabu, yes, but... You know, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, I kind of just, like, anyone who says their beer is superior because it's Ryan Heiskabu, that, that's that's the problem, right? Right. I mean, aside from that, adhere to it or not, you know, you know, make beer however you want to make beer. If you're going to make a German pills, you're not going to throw molasses in it, so... And certainly not have to be on style, but... I mean, it definitely does shine through. This is a, a very classic style. And, you know, it works as a, as a good version of that classic style. It's funny because I was talking to... I was thinking about this. I was talking to my father about this a little bit. How a lot of what... 
a lot of how I used to think about beer has changed significantly. Okay. When, you know, I, I used to be, I mean, when I started, I was definitely uh, much more of a beer snob than I am today. But everything about how I look at beer has changed, I think. And, like, I, I'm certainly willing to, the, the only thing that I like, I mean, I'm willing to drink almost anything, even stuff that <laughs> calls itself beer and I wouldn't consider uh-huh. it to be. But the, the only the only thing I, that's slightly snobbish about me, I guess, is I like to have it in the glass rather than out of the bottle. That's kind of the only difference. And otherwise, I'll be, I'm perfectly willing to drink even stuff that eight years ago I would have mm-hmm. just said, no, absolutely not. But I find it interesting that we've talked about this before. We have stopped giving out wow beer things. You know, we it's harder and harder to right. impress us. And part of that is because, well, we've we've been tasted around. So yeah, much, we've tasted right? so hard, much. It's harder to stop us in our tracks. Yeah. So, you know, I find that going back to something classic, it can be nice to appreciate in the same way that you can appreciate, say, uh, a classic cheese style, even yeah. though there are really interesting think, cheese styles know, that come around now. Yeah, that I think, different. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this beer practically wows us in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I was really excited. I'm drinking it. I was just, you know, it was sending off the right endorphins. I was having such a great time tasting that beer, you know, and it just because it's, it's so good. It's so simple. It's nothing. It's not... There's there's complexity there that you can examine. It's not hard to drink. It's not hard to examine. You know, it's just, it's just really good. Yeah. So. I think I was explaining it to, to my father because we were talking about... I forget exactly what, what it was. Oh, well, we were talking about Alaskan Smoked Porter, which is recently Alaska. He, he didn't get a chance to try it, but I said, you know, at the time, when we first started, it was one of the most amazing things we'd ever had. Mm-hmm. Now it's probably less so, but it's still good to go back and... and Remember those beers that started the mm-hmm. the kind of revolution. Right. You know, it, it it's you, you look at Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, for example. It it's not a crazy pale ale like you can get today, but you go back to it and you sort of realize it's the classic, and you mm-hmm. can you can enjoy it on that level. Right. So there's something to going back at these classic styles when they're done exceptionally well, like this is, and just saying, yeah, I mean, this is not going to blow me away at any time, but man, I can really enjoy. Both this as a starting point for where everything came from, and this as a beer on its own level. Right. But then, you know, well, you finish up your beer, I'll just tell one little story here. And that is, almost counter to that is when I got that case of New Albion Ale, mm. the Boston Beer Brewed, right? I was thinking about that back in my it, mind. It was, um, it was, sure, I'm sure back in, you know, 1972 or 74, whenever they were making it, I'm sure... It was a hoppy ale. It was one of the only ales being made. But the case we bought, like, even, I mean, our palates must be erect with today's beer. Like, you couldn't yeah, discern we... any real hops in it, so. All right, so that was the Trimmer Pills. Thank you, Trimmer. This is Six Point. No, no I'm fun. sorry. This is Summit. This is also provided to us by the brewery. This is their Southern Cape. It's part of their, what is it, the... A Union Series is number three in their Union Series. Sparkling Ale. 4.4% alcohol by volume. 47 IBUs. The malts utilized are Gaidner Pale from Australia and Sebastian Caramel from Chile. Uh, 
popularizer Wei Meow from New Zealand. That's a new one. W-A-I-M-E-A, Wei Meow. And Southern Passion from South Africa with an Australian alias. This a, is... Well, they're using a lot of... Yeah, they're using Southern Hemisphere stuff, right? Yeah. It's called Southern Cape, right? They're using Australia, Chile, New Zealand, and South Africa. Basically things that, you know, even though Chile doesn't technically reach all the way down to, you know, Tierra del Fuego, uh, uh, Argentina's not really... It's a, it, It's got yeah, a lot of... Yeah. It covers a lot of uh, longitude. So that's pretty neat. St. Paul, Minnesota is where Summit is. They've been making beer for... Hmm. They don't say here for how long, but they're an old-time brewery. They are one of those guys that aren't technically a craft brewery in the eyes of the Brewers Association. Um, however, this says limited edition craft brew on the label. I'll go with that. I'm, yeah, we are not, um, we're not a Brewers Association show, so we can say that I think that we consider it a craft beer. I'm going to have to double check to make sure that it's something, I'm not confusing with something else, we're almost positive. The, um, the aroma on this one, oh, it's also, it's only, uh, 4.4%. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting the hops in yeah, the aroma. Yeah, it's, it's really bright and strong with that hops, isn't it? Yeah, the hops are kind of um, rose, grapefruit. A touch of something tropical like passion fruit. Yeah, passion fruit. What are you pointing at? Your elbow. I think that oh, when okay. you made that, it made a bang. Okay, sorry. It's okay. We're trying to make sure that doesn't happen again. We're, we have these shock absorbers on our mics, but they're old, and so we need to get new ones. The uh, the beer pours. It's, it's a golden, almost a bronze. It's uh, moderately cloudy. You can barely see your finger. You'll see a little bit of particulate. Like I think it's probably bottle conditioned. It looks like there's little bits of yeast kind of suspended. No, there's no ring at the bottom of the bottle. Maybe I'm just imagining things. Maybe it's just hazy. Hmm. Yeah, there's something definitely tropical there. I wouldn't say it's quite pineapple. Maybe a little passion fruity. Right. Hmm. Wow. Carries through the Does. flavor. Yeah, the the flavor is... It's pretty big on the passion fruit. A little bit of grapefruit. Some mango in there. That kind of dominates the flavor. The malt really doesn't stand out that much, at least on the first sip, right? As we're calibrating, the the hops are really what you notice. Yeah, it's there. It's kind of a, it's a little biscuity. It's kind of a southern biscuit, right? It's, it's more, it's got a little bit of that tang, that little sort of buttermilk tang. The malt is, is actually pretty pretty strong here, and, and I think it, it needs to be, because these are some intense hops. But it doesn't definitely doesn't taste like bitter, but it, it has a lot of really of this what I can only describe as tropical flavors. Even though that's probably selling a little short. There's it also finishes pretty dry too, which which I like. 
I take that back. Someone is a craft beer. Okay. Officially. Um, I'm thinking of someone else. Oh. I'm sorry. Apologize. Glad I looked that up because after I said it, I'm like, I better make sure. This rule is always weird, right? Because I'm trying to think who's the brewery I'm thinking of that I confused with Summit. Well, I mean, Goose Island isn't, right? Because they're owned by uh, InBev. Right. That's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of... uh... Is Amagang isn't right because they're run by Duval, but they are. They, no, they are again because they're part of Duval Morgat USA. Like um, Boulevard is still a craft beer, and now Amagang is again. Oh, okay. So, oh, I'm thinking of Shell. August Shell. Is that the one? I don't know. I'm gonna stop throwing names out until I'm okay. positive. <laughs> Our point has always been. On the show that... It's about the beer in the class. It's about the beer, yes. And anyone can make a, a great beer. Yep. Alright, so I'm drinking this beer, and it's really a hop bomb. I thought this was going to be kind of a, a tame... Spark, it's called it's called Sparkling Ale, Southern right. Cape Sparkling Ale 4%. So I figured it would be a great beer to have second. It, it's it's pretty hoppy. It's not what I had in mind. No, it's it's definitely it, it's it's almost an IPA. It's almost a session IPA at four point four percent. It's definitely a session IPA. I mean, it has a lot of the same characteristics. Right, it has the 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 big hoppiness. You know, this time you know this one is particularly tropical passion fruit, a little bit of citrus, and then it has. The more I drink it, the you know a little more resiny is kind of sitting on your tongue, and that resiny feels kind of par for the course for a session IPA. I think that kind of stands out more because you don't have as much malt to back it up, mm-hmm. you know. So a lot of the the big session IPAs I think of, they kind of have that little resiny feel on your tongue, and the more you drink it, kind of builds a little bit. It's definitely one of the things that I'm you know accustomed to when I'm drinking session IPAs. I, I I still, I'm thinking of a southern biscuit, maybe a little dark around the edges. Hmm. See, I'm still having a hard time getting anything real significant out of the malt. The hops are just so dominant in this thing. There's a bit of almost uh, an almost diacetyl. I don't know if it's quite there, or if it's just something that I'm picking up. But that is, it's, it's just a little butteriness at, a little at butter. the. At, on the side, and it—I I think it works for you. I don't yeah. think. It, I, I, yeah, I, I don't get anything a, really flawed. It's not a negative, but yeah, there's some. Yeah, I guess they make you think of like a buttery biscuit. I can kind of see what you're saying now. Yeah, but it doesn't really seem like it's a enough to really. It's, from it's not a yes. I mean, I think that if if it's if, if that is diacetyl in a tasting, mm-hmm. it's an appropriate amount. It, it it's not bad. Diacetyl is not one of those things. It's not like a seal aldehyde. It's not always mm. bad. That's pretty good. Really good. Very nice and drinkable. And another one that uh, is not a high alcohol beer. Love Take that. A rinse since the glass is so hoppy. I guess we'll do the summer round next. Mm. So, 
this one we got this is interesting we got a can of sam adams summer ale here we've done summer ale on the show before it's interesting we got the cans in the mail from boston beer and i remembered reading that boston beer was working on a new kind of can i think it was a can where like the whole top right. came off sly fox had something very similar too and you may remember jim cook but saying he would never ever that's why you never say never Never, ever do his beer in a can. I was really surprised after when I got home to look, because Heather sent me, you know, she always sends pictures of the beer yeah. deliveries, and I always forward them on to Greg. And um, I was surprised when I got home and looked at the can, because I wanted to see what kind of neat patented novel engineering they had. And it's just a regular old can. They know why Yeah. So I'm not sure what happened to their proprietary can technology. It's cool. There's a really cool science that goes in the cans. Not just in the the can itself, but I was watching a video. This guy, the engineer guy, talks about various engineering things, and he mm-hmm. was admiring the engineering that goes into the pop cop the tap. Right. It mo- It changes from a first class lever to a second class lever as soon as it actually opens that top, and that allows it to stay on instead of pulling off. First class, I'm going to have to think about that, right? Because a first class lever has no fulcrum. No, right? it ha- they all have a fulcrum, no. but the fulcrum is in a different point. Right. It has a, the fulcrum is... I believe... Uh, like a first class is like a wheelbarrow, right? Right. The second so class that's is the like fulcrum a at the bottom. Right. And the center is... Yeah, fulcrum in the center is a second class. Yeah. So at first, when you're pulling it up, the fulcrum's at the bottom. Yeah, because it's pushing mm-hmm. down... And then once you break that pressure, the the outward pressure of the thing, of the of the uh, liquid right. inside the can, it converts to a second class lever, because now the fulcrum is in the center. Right. Neat. And it's a bane for metal detectors everywhere. <laughs> Pop tops and pull tabs. All right, so this is the beer that they do with Grains of Paradise and Lemon Peel, right? So it's practically a wit beer. Um, been making this forever. They've done it on the show before. This is for some of them, the canned version. And when you smell the thing... Yeah, Hillertown, Middlefro, and Zotz Noble Hops. Malt variety used our St. Adam's Two-Row Pale Malt Blend and Malted Wheat. The special ingredient is Lemon Peel, Grains of Paradise. Seven IBUs, 5.3% alcohol by volume. When you smell it, you really get the lemon peel. It almost smells... I've been drinking a few shandies here and there. You might have seen my tweet a couple weeks ago. Like, I'll admit it. I like a shandy. but We have one coming up on the show, but it's actually... A Rattler. It's Rattler. I like like the term Rattler better. I don't know why. It just sounds more manly than shandy. (laughs) Maybe because the first time I actually had lemonade and beer was in Frankfurt, and it was Mm -hmm. a Rattler, maybe, so... Maybe I'm from German descent, so maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. But this almost has that smell. It doesn't just smell like a lemon peel, like, like a whip beer does, right? It almost has more of a lemony type sure? of Are you sure? Because I smell a lot of a lemon essential oil more than I smell a lemonade. Yeah, same thing. I, it okay. smells more like lemon peel. It smells really like a little oily. Okay. As opposed to just, you know, straight up lemon flesh. Okay. So, and that what that comes down to is it's, it's more 
I mean, Roma, it's more a little Bergamot-like okay. than it would be... Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess I was going into a little too far. And then this uses Grains of Paradise, which is uh, otherwise alligator pepper. It's kind of um, pretty spicy. It's kind of a mix between cardamom and and pepper. It's you know, somewhere with a there. With a weird kind of... With a little sweetness put yeah, into it, yeah. too. It's got the reason why they call it Grains of Paradise is it has a whole bunch of flavors in mm-hmm. sort of one little grains, one little pepper pod. I believe that, like pepper, it's technically a fruit, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I think so. So, first sip, you know, first thing I got was, you know, some of the wheat. I got uh, the Grains of Paradise kind of come through. It's a nice change of pace from what you typically get in a wit beer, right? It, for me, I, re- I enjoyed that first sip where I was expecting something a little bit sweeter, a little more coriander-ish, you know, just because that's what mm-hmm. you're used to, right? And where this one came through a little more, touch more savory, a little more like a rustic bread or something like that. You know, I kind of enjoyed that kind of, uh, that, that kind of, um, that kind of feel and uh, it kind of... How do I want to put this? It kind of put me in a place where, like, yeah, this is kind of more refreshing and lighter on your palate on a hot, sweaty day. You know, that's kind of where it, it took me. It took, told me that took me that whole place just with that sip. But it sounded a lot like marketing speak. I apologize. I feel like the the lemon peel itself is almost overwhelming and keeping me away from the rest of the beer. Hmm. I wonder if flight has anything to do with it because this just feels pretty tame in comparison to the last two beers, really. It feels like it's not giving as much. It feels like it's pulling back. It's it's hmm. not uh, it's not pushing as much as it could. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree. I, I think it's it's delivering a lot. I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm at on the flight and drinking this. I think it's, it's quite refreshing. And uh, let's take another sip here and try to dig into flavor a little more. But I, I feel that it, it's it's at the right saturation and it's giving the volume is turned to the right level. Let me make clear. I don't feel that it's necessarily a bad beer, sure. but I just feel that it's not nearly as expressive as the last two were. Okay. Well, give, you know, give yourself a few sips to get your palate in line and see what you think. after mm-hmm. that. And again, flight may have something to do with this. I mean, mm-hmm. if I had this first, it, it it's hard to say. The flight. lemon peel is significant. But I like what it's doing. And while we had that argument about shandy versus essential oils, it is taking me back towards some more of the fruit, you know, the fruit juice and stuff. Even though you're right, I agree, it is essential oils, but it's taking me to that place, you know, and, and uh, finding this really drinkable. This is this is the most I've ever enjoyed Sam Adams Summer Ale, actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this quite a bit right now. Normally I'm not enjoying this beer this much. They did send us a can and bottled version. Yeah. But, you know, we can only do so many beers. You know, it didn't make sense to really do a side-by-side comparison. We have a fridge full and there's a lot we have to get through. Boy, poor us, huh? (laughs) Poor us, yes. First world problems. Yeah, I, I would say I like it, but there's something about that... I almost kind of wish they used lemon flesh instead of lemon oil. I think it might be brighter and a little less 
a standoffy in a mm-hmm. sense to me. It, it just feels like it's like it's it's blowing its to, to use a world cup from it's sort of blowing its whistle. It's giving me a <laughs> it's giving me not necessarily a red card, but it's definitely giving me I don't know what's not a red card, but like a ten minute penalty. Yellow. Well, I don't Yellow know. Card. I don't know if. But another comment I have to make is you know we had a fair amount of same amount of beers on the show over the last year or two, and they were really going crazy with those those wit beer nutmeg things and uh-huh. all that other stuff, right? And I was getting really tired of all the beers they were throwing nutmeg into and some things like this. So I was kind of dreading this similar family of beer with the Grains of Paradise, but really it, it doesn't give me any of that heavy, dragging... Cloying's not the right word, but it's like whatever you would equate to nutmeg that is like cloying and uh it just it did those don't i know what you mean but yeah cloying is not the right word but it it is all it's such it's 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 a saturate it's fatigue yeah it's a saturation of fatigue of your palate Mm -hmm. that that comes with that it's it's too strong to be used so often and i was and like they kept doing it i was getting so sick of it so i was starting to worry that like all the spiced well, I mean, wheat beers. From what it probably was, was was the main brewer was on a nutmeg kick. Yeah. And now the head brewer was probably like saying, hey, throw nutmeg in there. Throw nutmeg in there. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, this is a refreshing break, and I'm happy that it wasn't, you know. Well, they produce no... so many different beers. I mean, that, they're you know, I, I don't mind if, if they go on a little kick of something. Hey, try it. Find yeah. out what. And then they'll make something else. Yeah. No, so I hear you, but it's kind of like I had this trepidation. Like, yeah. oh. Not another spiced wheat beer from Sam Adams. But no, this one is refreshing and not that trodden path I was getting sick of. Mm. Well, while uh, while we're on the subject of, I don't know, I'm going to change the subject. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> we're going to have to work on some segues. <laughs> Whoa! Nice. Okay. There's a great way you can support us. The primary way to support us is to go to craftyrealy.com slash Amazon. And then that redirects you to the Amazon website. You shop until your heart's content. Check out. And that's all you have to do. It costs you not a penny more. And we get a percentage of what you spend instead of Amazon. And we truly do appreciate it. And you can tune in the post show to hear where we pick out interesting things that people have bought. We call it Amazon Anonymous. Mm. And if you're looking for website hosting, there's a link on our website for our Bluehost referral. And then Bluehost is a pretty good website. It's all a funny thing. There's a group I follow on Twitter. I don't know much else about them. I follow them on Twitter called The Beer Disciples. And they're like, start a beer blog up Bluehost. And they threw in the referral link. So they were actually trying to get people to start beer blogging through the referral link. You want to know why we suck at segues? It's because, I mean, I think both Jeff and I are just, we're always just a little uncomfortable with doing that. But... We thank you so much for supporting us, regardless. We almost need, like, a countdown clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's times where I'm, like, queuing Greg, and he's like, what do you want? I'm like, yeah. start the damn music. And there's other times, like, today, where he started the music, and I wasn't even ready. I'm like, ah! <laughs> okay. I guess rad time? Well, I'm going to say the Rattler's pretty pretty bang. So, I'm... I'm I mean, it, it, it's got a lot of flavor to it, so I would okay. say... Even though it's only 3-2? It's only, even though it's 3-2, it has a lot of fruit flavor to it. So let's go with uh, let's go with these IPAs. All right. Maybe, maybe put the, the stout in between, and then we'll finish on the rest. Okay. So this is a beer 
This is The Corruption from DC Bro. I uh, got this. Remember I was telling the story about the guy who gave us Ozzy? Yes. Same guy gave me this beer. So, a friend of Amanda and Todd this gave is a, me this beer. Sorry, this is a pale two-row C10 honey and victory malted beer. Those are those malts that were used in the beer. Served they were, in a tulip goblet or enjoy from the can. Really? <laughs> That's quite two sides of the same story, isn't it? It's kind of the alchemist yeah. thing, right? But yeah. Exclusively hopped with 40 pounds of Columbus hops per brew. 80 IBUs. 6.5% alcohol by volume. This is a plain old Pacific Northwest style IPA. Plain old. <laughs> and it looks like one, right? It's got this dark uh, mm-hmm. kind of caramel looking. Yeah, pretty cloudy color and it has a nice big head oh wow has a has a resiny hop aroma but you know what else i smelled yes i know what you smelled fried chicken no you didn't smell fried no chicken. i didn't smell fried chicken. <laughs> I smell fried chicken on this thing like mm-hmm. the like you get that at all no not like, at all like crispy breading little greasy no it smells very like fresh Hops. Mm-hmm. I'm not. There's a big wet hop yeah. aroma in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not really getting fried chicken anymore. But when I took that one sniff, it smelled like. Mm, oh, it uh, smells to me like it has a nice big malt backbone, which is something that we had at one time referred mm-hmm. to with, by a different term. It seems more resiny than a, than a man candy type. Beer. I can really smell that sweetness coming okay. through there. So we'll so see. So it's called the corruption. On the back, they talk about it's called corruption facts. <laughs> and in 1824, Speaker of the House Henry Clay forged a coalition that secured the White House for John Quincy Adams. In return, Adams named Clay his Secretary of State, which became known as the Corrupt Bargain. A little bit of history in your craft there you radio. Go. Thank you, DC bro. That's um, a very minor piece of corruption, if you think about it, because <laughs> all that is is just is just uh, backwards, you know, just sort of a little political mm-hmm. gamesmanship and a little sort of thank you. That's We almost expect that now. We expect to see people getting political positions for being helpful in mm-hmm. presidential runs. What we don't see, what we think of corruption now is is really interests across politics into the other worlds and other things. I think that is what, what you and I would find as corruption. But back to the beer, yes. I taste fried chicken. The breading. The breading off of fried chicken. Like, you know, like, Crispy breading of KFC or something like that. At all? Do you get anything that's even reminiscent? I taste sweetness. Is okay. that is? I haven't had KFC in years. Okay. Is there? Is is it sweet? I'm sure it's sweet. I'm sure it's sweet and salty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven herbs and spices, mm-hmm. right? One of them's got to be sweet. <laughs> um. I don't know. It just takes me there. It took me there again. And uh, just crazy. I've never had fried chicken beer. (laughs) I don't think you have yet. (laughs) The hops are really fresh tasting, really green, really wet. Yeah, it almost almost feels like the beer itself should have a green tint to it. There's something Uh about it that comes through just like, wow, this is right off the vine. 
Yeah, and what is that? So we've tried to talk about that before, right? I'd like to refresh. Instead of having this more florally type aroma, it has this little more. Oh, I'm using. I'm thinking. I don't know. I wish I. I still wish I had a better way. There's to something this. vaguely. I mean, green is 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 the way it comes through, but there's something almost a little metallic about it, just a bit. Okay. Uh, just gives it a little bit of a of a sort of sharper edge. Vegetal could be another thing you might want to say. Like, I mean, people that yeah, we we well, used this of, before, and I, it's not a great descriptor for people that aren't in the know. But right. like, when you're picking the hops and you're around the vines and you're around the leaves, or if you just take a fresh hop, you put it in your mouth. I yeah. mean, there, there's a bit of that. Um, it's a lot more scratchy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scratchy. Very. Like, and it hits you in different ways. It, it it can be harsh, but this is not harsh. But yeah. there there's a quality that tends towards. I would I would almost say, and I don't mean to distract us. It's almost there's a little bit of sort of a tinniness from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it has that a sort of intensity that brings right. about something that comes across with a slightly metallic twang, gotcha. but not the same kind of twang that we used to call pilsner twang mm-hmm. or lager twang, whatever we used to call it. I'm trying to think. You know, you mentioned tinniness. I wouldn't go anywhere near bloody or anything no. like that, like like irony or or kind of like blood. It's not like that at all. Oh, a fun thing we'll be doing sometime soon. We got um, a beginner taster kit from Flavor Active. Yes, which has uh, it. Unfortunately, didn't have all the disgusting flavors I was hoping it would come with, but it does have butyric. So Greg is going to have the joy of tasting um, sick baby. <laughs> We the 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 idea behind the well we'll explain that later. It's interesting because what what they do is these little capsules, but you need to put them in a whole liter full of something. Well, what I think I'm going to do is so you you they they tell you to put in 200 mils of beer, put the capsule in, stir it, get it dissolved, right? So you're going to mess up the carbonation on those 200 mils. That's the mixing agent. And then they tell you to put in 800 mils of beer on top of it so the carbonation gets refixed, right? What we can do, what I think we're going to do is so we don't have to have a whole liter of the same dose. We're going to take that 200 mils of dosing beer, split it in half, and then we're going to dilute one by 400 mils. We're going to dilute one by less so it's stronger. Okay. Right, so then we'll have a weak... Well, have a strong and a weak, right? So we can kind of really nail down what the flavors are. I think that's what we're going to do. Okay. So it'll be less than a liter, and we'll actually have double the sand. And you're only what you're supposed to taste out of one full liter for each individual, like 100 milliliters, yeah. right? I mean... I was told some of these flavors are very, very... Subtle? Light, subtle, yeah. So we probably want to use something like Coors Light instead of something with more flavor. So. Yeah, well, I was thinking only because I think that Coors Light actually has a flavor to it that I really don't dislike. So I was thinking that a really, uh, something that doesn't have much flavor at all is Miller Light. I think that more, that hits me as more of a... We'll have to do a pre-taste and we'll yeah. have to do Coors Bud Light and Miller Light and see which <laughs> one's the most neutral. Hmm. We're still drinking this corruption from DC yeah. Brow, and yeah, it tastes like a one of those fresh hopped beers, those wet hop beers. Um, I mean, you you can get something like this by taking a 
an IPA, a very malty IPA. This is a lot of malt in it. Yeah. And dropping a whole bunch of fresh hops into it. And you'll get something very similar. Mm-hmm. It, or at least that, that, that quality of that freshness. Bite, that yes. bite that it gives you, yeah. You know, the hopping is a, it's a single hop. It's, it's pure centennial, which comes across to me as, as more orange than grapefruit, but other people may disagree. It has qualities of both, but I would say it, it, it straddles more to the orange side, but it definitely has both in there. Thank you, Amanda and Todd's friend. I wish I could remember your name. But yeah, it's um, it's really, really, uh, really strong and and fresh and wow, that that's really good. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of the show tonight, huh? <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm just I. We we have a lot of IPAs. We've had a lot of IPAs. This is a really, really good IPA. Mm-hmm. This is very... This is pretty exceptionally well and, done. And, and let it be known that this wasn't given to us by the brewery. True. So we're not... Like, we're not just blowing smoke up all these beers because... Well, I mean, I, came I, from. I, I, I want to make it clear that mm-hmm. it, I'm... I don't look at that as a judging point, period. Yeah, I don't think I do either, but until it's blind we really don't right. know but right? uh, I wasn't even considering that yeah. I mean yeah <laughs> it did. but I mean we're being so complimentary tonight right it's just like but I think we just picked some really good beers alright so let's do you want to do the stout to get a little bit of a of a break on the of the hoppiness hmm Not really. Okay. So the next beer, it's a black IPA. It's hoppy and dark. This is from Sanitas Brewing Company. Said to us by the brewery, this is their black IPA. 6.5% alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs. It's another canned beer. We've had This is our third of four canned beers of the night. Wow, what a change from a couple of years ago. Okay. It's available year-round in cans and draft. Where is Sanita's there in... Uh... Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Does it say how old they are? Because I'm pretty sure they weren't there the last time we were in Boulder. Uh, their website says copyright 2014, but that could be... Or 2014. That could be just their website. Who yeah, knows? You're supposed to update that, right? So They have um, little gauges on here. Color. Malt body and hops and uh, that's what you'd expect right the the color is all but black the malt is about 50 percent the body is about 45 percent and the hops is about 70 percent and they show the glass to use is a guinness style glass one of those ones where it has the hourglass type shape curves out on the top They don't. I have their look. Their about us page. I'm reading it to see if they have what when it was started. But they're talking about the people who are there, not the mm. company. So, I don't know. I don't know. This, look at their UPC code. It's not square. It's mountainy. <laughs> they made a mountain range out of the yeah. UPC. I mean, it doesn't code. have to be square. So, yeah. That's cool. That, that that's that. I like that. I like that little. You know, just a little bit mm-hmm. of a of a twist. 
All right. So, again, I take back a statement that I said probably about three or four months ago where black IPAs are all about being... If you're blindfolded, you would think that they were just regular IPAs, but with a dark color. This one... It smells... Has tons of roast Yeah, to it. it does. You know, it? this is... It's almost like... A really happy... I, I think there's... I don't know. I'd have to survey the whole right. marketplace to figure out, but it's almost like there's two different styles, right? There's the IPAs that just happen to be black. Right. And then there's like... India Pale Porters. Well, it, it started out because there was a new malt style and they could make a black IP, right? right? That, that, that was, I think it was Stone, right? Who started out with playing with the Carafa malt. And that was cool, but, you know, it, but that's just a... But then you have people like yeah. Sam Calagione saying that they've been making a black IPA since 95 with India Brown Ale. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> so like this one it has a really porter smell right so you know if you're going to like it smells like at, a very happy porter if you're going to look like different families of black IPAs this is the the well, India, I mean, India dark porter you know or something <laughs> like all things when you get enough you're going to get a standard yeah. Gaussian distribution, right? Mm-hmm. You're go- you're going to have a spectrum, yeah. and it, there's going to be ones that are on one side, they're going to be on another side. Once there's enough to to compare, right? And so th- this we haven't tasted it yet, but it smells to be more on the multi side of that spectrum. Yeah, well, I have tasted it. I just took a sip, and it absolutely mm. is mm. a hoppy porter, right? There's coffee in there. Yeah, there's licorice. I mean, mm-hmm. the, after, so you take a sip, you taste the malt, then the hops come through, and then as you're talking about taking a sip, then the 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 richer, darker flavors come back through the coffee, the licorice. There's it, it's it tells a story, and I'm going to wow. take another sip yeah, to go that, back. This in. is this is pretty. This is a pretty black IPA. <laughs> this is embracing the blackness. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's not just saying, hey, let's make an IPA with a dark color and minimal. And a little bit of roast. Let's figure out how to make the the great characters of a porter play with Mm -hmm. big hops. Yeah, yeah, this one's doing it. I just saw a slide. Um, You know, they just had the Homebrewers Conference in Grand Rapids. And the BJCP is going to be revising their styles. It'll be out. The, the final revision will be out soon. But Gordon Strong, who's the, I think he's the president of the BGCP, but he's he's one of the big wigs. If he's not the president, his first slide or first or second slide was new styles, black IPA, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, some people feel that everything's you know, all, all the hotness is in black IPA. Yeah, I, it's definitely something that I have that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. I think we we were thinking it, it there's going to be more. I was thinking more fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's there, but yeah, black IPA is definitely the new hotness. I'm way off. I predicted meated beers. Mm. The only ones I can think of are like Voodoo Donut with the bacon, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now there there are a couple. There was there was one we read about with the sweetbreads, right? Yeah. And so there, there are people who are using I know there's, protein's there's in beers. Been, essentially, there's been right? a Rocky Mountain oyster beer. Yeah, 
Yeah, proteins. There are people who are starting to use proteins in beer more than just, you know, grains and mm-hmm. um, and other things. My parents had a, uh, they were in, in Alaska, they also were in Vancouver, and they sent me a, a picture of a beer that they had. I'm going to pull it up just to see what it was. They, they really liked it. It was in Canada. It was a potato stout. Interesting. Yeah, I figured that actually, that would actually work really well. You might get some interesting sweetness. You figure sweet potatoes would be the easy way to go, right? Yeah, and then regular potatoes, you could probably do, figure out some way to, to to make that. Okay, let me. Sorry, I pulled up the wrong one. That was the back label. <laughs> so this is from this is Shamrocker Potato Stout. So hmm. that's the one they really liked. Interesting. Probably some homebrewer turn pro. All right, back to the uh, Sanitas Black IPA. The more I drink it, the more the hops are kind of blanketing my tongue, and I'm not getting those really mm-hmm. neat roasty licorice and coffee type things. I think they're still much. hitting me in the back of my mouth, and really, um, the back roof of my mouth is where I'm getting most of that. You know, you're. You don't just taste on on your tongue, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a yeah. It's number one significant. Can you tell from the website at all? I'll, I'll take a look. It has a a big like water drop with shining water drop one. that has number one. Can't imagine it's a batch number, right? They're not gonna get new cans printed for that. Uh, they have a they don't have much. On their website okay. about the beers, I'm looking at. They have another picture of their. We have um, their saison ale. They also sent us. We can take a look at what the number they have there is. Okay. But I, it could just be a different number for the different beers. This is the first one on their list, so that could be all. Might be their flagship, something yeah. like that. Or maybe it's water is the number one ingredient. <laughs> it always ends up that way, doesn't it? That's not anything to you know write home about. Water is <laughs> never one ingredient of every beer. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like how it, you know the first sip. I mean, for me, like I said just a minute ago, the hops started dominating, and I wasn't noticing as much nuance with the uh, the roasty and the malts. But but it was there. Sips, it was yeah. there, and it still it still remained. But yeah, I mean, the hops came through. But it was definitely. It had its moment to shine, and it did. You sure you like want to all, save the Rattler for last? It's up to you. I mean, if, uh, if, if we're going to have the stout last, you've maybe... Ta- you've tasted the Rattler. Yeah. Well, I think if we're going to have the stout last... Now, yeah, let's take the stout, and then we'll do the Rattler. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a ballsy move, Mr. Weiss. That opener isn't going to cut no, it. No, that's the cheap one. All right. This is sent to us by Ranger Creek Brewing and Distilling. This is their strawberry milk stout. Ranger Creek sent us uh, several beers this week. They sent us a couple of their small batch series and then this one here. It's 5.3% ABV. 23 IBUs. Its SRM is a 40. 15.5% Play-Doh. Uh, they call it a sweet stout brewed with fruit. 
and you should enjoy it with braised ribs, mole enchiladas, and little willies. Did you bring your little willies? <laughs> I did. They used 500 pounds of Portet, Texas strawberries that they picked from Oak Hill Farms. That's a lot of strawberries. But that means they use straight old fresh strawberries. They don't. Mm-hmm. They're not using any. Uh, I'll say they added them twice during the brewing process uh, to make sure the aroma and the flavor really came through. They didn't. They don't say really say where. Maybe they dry buried it. <laughs> Probably not. That would really wreck the shelf stability. Wow, that you really do smell the strawberries on that. Yeah, you do. It uh, kind of smells smells a bit like a strawberry patch, actually. Yeah, it really. Right, it, it almost has that like the the you know like the wild yeast on the outside of strawberries, mm-hmm. and almost like uh, yeah, you, you, it doesn't just smell like it doesn't smell like artificial strawberry. Not at all. It has this rustic type smell to it, like a fresh strawberry jam. The very front end of the sniff, when you first start sniffing, it does smell a little saturated, you know. But then, as you as you breathe in, it gets a little more. There's a lot of malt on here. Yeah. There's there's a there's a heavy chocolatey burst that is uh, uh almost it, it tends towards a little bit of, of that sort of carob like. So it's even sort of deeper than chocolate. Yeah, I'm wondering if. There's there's some um, acetaldehyde aromas coming off this. You know, think of like apple skins, you know, something like that. You get some of that. I'm trying to figure out if that is just strawberries or if that's you know other things going on there. It's hard to tell just from the aroma, but I know what you mean. Mm. Now the flavor is not what I was expecting. Mm. It's, it's so it's a milk stout, mm. but it almost has this smoky flavor to it. That was really yeah. That was interesting. That was that's the first thing that hit me was this kind of smoked or peppery. Like, doesn't it taste peppery? Like it almost actually has a heat on my tongue. I don't know if I'd go with you peppery, but okay. smoke definitely. Something was yeah. I was not expecting anything smoked or or, or mm-hmm. tasting like smoke in here. And but there's definitely some quality. I'm gonna go peppery. I'm gonna go like All chipotle right. or something like that. You know, chipotle pepper. Um, mm. Not a big heat. I went, when you said that, peppery, I wasn't thinking yeah. those kind of peppers. So yeah. you know, I can see where you're going along that line. That in in yeah, in that sort of capsaicin route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Not a big burn, but yeah. I mean, there's almost. A, a tiny, but a, a like smoked a, version. You yeah, say Chipotle. Like a, Chipotle's a smoke. Almost like a tiny burn, yeah. and then um, you know a smoky. It's, when you think a, about it that way, it starts to make more sense. It starts it it starts to come together more. I wasn't quite understanding the smoke until you said mm-hmm. smoked pepper, like smoked spicy peppers. It actually, because strawberries do work well with that. Flavor. I think mm-hmm. strawberries and and spice are interesting, an interesting combination because you get strawberries have this this real sweetness to them, but they also have a bold character, right? That comes through well and does work to distance itself a little bit. 
and can do that marriage, that sort of dance. This is this is very interesting. In the the flavor, I'm not getting the excuse me, a little gassy. Uh, in the flavor, I'm not getting this huge, like. I talked about in the aroma how it reminded me of strawberry patch, very rustic, kind of kind of yeasty, something like that. And the flavor, I'm getting a different kind of use of strawberry, almost like um, grilled strawberry or something like that. Like so, like if you're trying to do some kind of application where you were searing the strawberry mm-hmm. in a pan, in a cast iron pan or something like that, and maybe serving it with um, beef or something like that, right? Sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm tasting. You know. In the flavor. Yeah, the, the aroma really gave a fresh strawberry. This tastes more cooked. Which isn't surprising. I mean, it was cooked. But mm-hmm. it, uh, it it just, it, it tastes more, more leveled out. It, does, it doesn't feel as uh, like a spike of strawberry flavor surrounded by these other flavors. It does, it does feel more integrated within the rest of the beer. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like... I mean, it feels like there's there's a chance you get the same flavor just by playing with the malts, mm-hmm. or or at least some version of that flavor just by playing with the right. malts. And the next, the last up I took also, it's getting away from. The, I'm not getting the like smoked peppers as much anymore, but also I think so. It's evolving a bit. Yeah, let me try to work some, you know, swirl and whatnot because the last sip was kind of. A little, little too much of the acetaldehyde type flavor. Okay. Right? It was kind of tasting a little plasticky, and it wasn't the the best sip I had. So let me see if I can maybe work some volatiles out of the beer. Sure. We're doing a little bit of a mix of the beer so that we get kind of. We definitely know we have the same thing. It helps distribute the beer along. It's starting a bit peckish, isn't it? It's starting mm-hmm. to to be th- those qualities that that really differentiated it are starting to come back to bite it. Yeah, and it's too bad, but I think it's it's inevitable when you tr- when you play around with fresh fruit that it it, it takes some work mm-hmm. because fresh fruit can really can can it, can add really interesting qualities to your beer. At the same time, they can really mess it up if you're not careful. And I think that this is a situation where it, it, it they haven't worked out the kinks yet. Right. Yeah, the... Um, now, we're going to you know, kind of save the, the last part of the sample there and, and move on to the next beer. It, it has some interesting things to it, but... Yeah, well, was, you're being charitable. We're dumping it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're dumping out the last couple ounces. Um, it was neat at first, but yeah, the uh, the seawater hide that was kind of building up was just getting a little too much to really for me to get through. So, all right, so this is a pounder can from Six Point Six Point the Rad, and they sent us pretty uh, nice collection. Yeah. Several cans in, in their collection and. Uh, Greg took a couple of them, so he actually previewed this beer. Yes. Uh, this will be my first taste of it. This is 3.2%, 7 IBUs. 
This is this is a Rattler. This is a plain old pure Rattler. It has mixed of they take a proprietary blend of fruit juices and uh, jumped out of the can <laughs> over my glass. <laughs> and you can look on their website to see more about it. I don't want to go through all. There, there's a whole reading thing to to figure out if there's more about it. But there's words and stuff. There's words. Yeah. So the the color is it's murky. like a grapefruit juice, it's right? Murky. I mean it is completely murky. Yeah. It it looks <laughs> it, it Oh. Oh. It smelled rubbery. Does it right. smell rubbery? It's rubbery no. Smell mine. Mine's a little brighter, but Wow. <laughs> Yikes, I'm making a real mess here. Jeez. Put my glass a little too much. I'm not used to working with pounder cans, man. Hmm. It, there's something that smells off about it to me. a couple tissues. Yeah. These are not the best for cleaning up spills, but they'll no, have to do. But yeah, the bar rag's <laughs> not here right now. I remember this smelling better when I had it. Okay. This does not... It's it, there's something. It smells plastic. Like it smells. I'm not getting plastic. What I'm getting is uh, some fruit juice. I'm getting something a little. It's almost pilsnery again. It's kind of a, a biscuity type type beer base. Maybe a little bit of continental hops. All right. The the plastic is is volatilizing away. Whatever I was smelling is is going away. It's probably the Cedar Wild hide out of the <laughs> Ranger Creek. Yeah, now it's smelling more like yeah, just fruit juice, a little bit, just a little bit of hops, not much. Beer is super murky. We talked about that, but I mean, it's it's impressively murky. Mm-hmm. See, I told you that would stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a sparkling grapefruit juice almost. I mean, that's really what it tastes like. There's With a lot of pineapple alcohol. juice. A lot of pineapple juice yeah. mixed in. There's probably a little bit of mango. It's hard to really pull anything else, but I would bet money that there's pineapple and mango mm. added to this thing. But oh. it's it it's a pure rattler. I mean, although not mm. not lemonade, it, it's it's a bunch of different juices. Yeah. But it's it's the rattler style. It, it really is just a fruit juice and beer blend. Yeah. So. I expect that I will get more of the beer flavors after a few sips, but, you know, the first sip, pineapple juice, mango flavoring mm-hmm. is the main thing. You know, I don't even taste as much beer as I smelled early on. It's, uh, reminds me of, you know, how the Dole comes in those tiny little cans with the little peel-back cellophane top, you know, and the pineapple juice mm-hmm. type thing, you know. It's very reminiscent of just drinking one of those cans of pineapple juice type thing. pretty good though it's really good it's low alcohol 3.2 you're not going to get drunk off this you, mm-hmm. it's, going to, it's going to take you a while to get right. drunk off this it's the most very refreshing it's the least beery Rattler or Shandy yeah. I've had in quite a while if ever yeah it's almost like a fruit drink it's really different isn't it it's <laughs> it very different 
it's it's going to be hard to put this in the rankings because it's very, very different from the rest of them. It's clearly a different drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it, all together. It's a different drink. The, so you know, it's I'm a sure. cocktail as opposed to a, a pure. Yeah, spirit. I mean, it, it reminds me, you know, the, like like we've had Pilsner mimosas before, mm-hmm. right? Like take a Victory Prima pills and mix it with orange juice. You know, it's kind of this. This is another. I think I'm tasting some of the beer. It's reminding me of a Pilsner, much like the um, the Trumer that we had. Mm-hmm. You know, and really you can't... It's so mixed in with the fruit juice, you really can't get into any nuance. But you can taste some of those things, some of the biscuitiness. I, I'm not going to... I'm not really ready to say I'm tasting any kind of spicy hopping or anything like that. But I think there's a little bitterness coming through. And, uh, yeah, just this big fruit juice mix. It does taste like a, a beer cocktail. Yeah. Technically, that's what Shandy's That's are, what it right? is. But this one takes it to the next level, yeah. really. By by playing with what you add to it, by not just doing lemonade, by really putting in different, lots of different fruits in there. And it, it plays up the the flavors you get from hops, these, these tropical mm-hmm. flavors and stuff like that. So they're... they're they're taking the hops and they're extending them out into the different fruits that kind of go along with them. Maybe that's what, I mean, yeah, maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're using a super mango-y hop, a pineapple hop, you know. Um, who knows? It, it's such a melange of flavors that really we just got to sit back here and drink it. And if you like Shandy's in the least... And you can get six point rad. Go try it. Yeah, I think yeah, that's all really, 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 That's all we can say. Yeah. If you hate Shandy's, don't go for the beer. No. But if you like Shandy's even a little bit, do this beer. It's pretty cool. Some <laughs> neat flavors. But how do we rank it? Just rank it in enjoyability. I think we can fit it in. I don't think it's too alien to rank. All right. Well, if you feel that way, why don't you go ahead and start? I'm going to uh, pause here while I collect my thoughts. Why don't you see? Okay, so I have the rankings down. Last place has got to be that strawberry milk stout from Ranger Creek. Apologize to Ranger Creek. We've got some other beers from them. Hopefully they uh, show better. The the strawberries really put that... Apologies. This is what we do. It There's is. no point in apologizing. Okay, this is what well, we do. Sorry. Cedar Aldehyde really, uh, really tore that beer down. In... Well, we have seven beers tonight. Yes, we did. Okay, in sixth place, I'm going to put the uh, Sanitas Black IPA. Enjoyed it. I loved the uh, the first flavors where like pulled through coffee, licorice, things like that. But the grand scheme of see, grand scheme of the show, we had a really tight show tonight, and uh, I'm going to put him in sixth. In fifth place, we got the the DC Brow, the Corruption. Enjoyed it. I mean, really, from sixth up, they were all solid beers. Uh, the corruption is in that place. I don't know. Um, just compared to the flight tonight, the the wet hopped flavor of the corruption, you know, just fell in there. Fourth place, we'll do the Sam Adams Summer Ale. I really thought that was an enjoyable uh, drinker. It hit me well tonight. Really, uh, really was well integrated, and it just. 
I don't know. It just it hit me tonight. Uh, third place, we'll do the Summit Union Southern Cape. Then it gets hard, right? You got the Rattler, you got the Trumer Pills. They're both very good. They're both winners in my book. But I'm going to give the Trumer Pills the, the number one spot because I just remembered how happy I was to drink it, how mm-hmm. excited. It just it was delicious. It really, really hit the spot. Uh, the Rattler, you know, has this great tartness to it. It almost has all the tartness from the citrus juices almost makes it taste a bit like a sour beer, right? You get this little Blinderweiss mm-hmm. type character to it. So it it really has a lot going on for it for the whole 3.2% ABV that it has going on. Right. But it, it's, it cheats a bit. It, it does cheat a bit, but... Yeah, in a gonna, good way. <laughs> well, that's it. But I'm going to give the classic beer props, right? Yeah. So the the Trumer is my number one beer. Okay, my rankings are a little bit different than yours. Uh, my number seven is the same. I think we both agree that I mean, we, you, you pour out a beer, it's probably going to end up last. Ranger Creek, it 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 started out working really well, but then it descended pretty quickly, and that is uh, that's that's really a negative that just need it needs to be pointed out. The first couple t- sips were really good, and then it really quickly got away from it. My next is going to be uh, the Sam Adams. I mean, I'd, I felt that the it was sort of standoffish with me. The the mm-hmm. oils that were coming through were just sort of pushing me away from, from enjoying the beer as much as I would have liked to. Next to me, I believe, is the Summit. It, you know, it's sort of a sessionable IPA. And I, I dig session IPAs, but it didn't hold up as well as the other beers, I felt. Mm-hmm. Then, for me, the Black IPA from Sanitas, it, it really starts getting to be really good at this point. Uh, I enjoyed that Black IPA a lot. I like where it was going with its roasty flavors and how it really was. It straddled that line between Pilsner and IPA. It started to, you know, pretty become clearly an IPA as it went on, but that's okay. It's a Black IPA. It, it should. My next one is going to be DC Brow. I really... I really like that beer. The the fresh hop thing that was coming mm-hmm. through was great. It was delicious. And something that uh, was still strong after two months, that has something, I think it has something to do with the, the cans. I, I have to, because there's been very few bottles that have come through that strongly. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, Hoffade should not really be dependent on bottle versus can that much. But Oxygen... I assume it's something to do with yeah, it. Yeah. Oxygen is very destructive. I'm going to put the Rattler as my second place beer. It's just enjoyable. It's just as plain <laughs> enjoyable. But it, it may shock people. But the, I, I don't know if, if the trimmer is going to... Like, for, pe- for people who are really just sort of getting into beers, who haven't been doing it for as long as we have, the trimmer is not pro- going to strike people as all that amazing. They're probably going to wonder, why do we put it first? We put it first because... It was so. It almost was special to go back to something that. That simple, and that well structured. It was just. It was just a well started. It was a beer. It was just mm-hmm. saying, you know, this is pure. This is. This is simplicity, but this the simplicity of it is striking, and that's really what I can say about the mm-hmm. trimmer. It. it it's, it just kind of says, hey, I'm here. I mean, you could almost say it's like a pinnacle of evolution, right? Yeah. Because well, loggers evolved from, 
here we go. I mean, loggers evolved from ales, right? This is a refinement that's been going on for centuries. Sure. Right? Where the Rattler, you know, with mango juice and, and, and pineapple juice, not really refined over generations. Right? I, I would dispute. I don't like the term <laughs> pinnacle of evolution because evolution, by definition, doesn't right. have pinnacles. Sure. But so I, I, I would say no to that. <laughs> But I, I just think it's, you know, it, 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 if anything, it's an apex predator. How about we put it that way? <laughs> it's refined its honey skills. Yes, it, it, is, it is extremely well selected. <laughs> so there, that, that's, uh, that's the nuts and bolts of it, I suppose. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website at craftbeerradio.com for more information. Uh, you can contact us via email beer at craftbeerradio. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at craftbeerradio. If you want to hit us up directly, I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Facebook, Google+, they're there. Probably ain't going to see your stuff. And we're going out with... Robert Johnson's version of Traveling Riverside Blues. See you next week. <laughs>